Hey guys, before this episode begins, I just want to let you all know that I partnered with DAT Bootcamp to offer a 10% discount code on all bootcamp products. While studying for my DAT, I found DAT Bootcamp to be the best resource during my preparation. Their extensive review videos and practice exams are second to none. Use code DOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount, applicable to all programs Bootcamp has to offer. Again, that's DOD10 at checkout. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dose of Dental podcast. The focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate and dental school experiences from dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. I'm very excited to have a Boston University Henry M. Goldman School of Dental Medicine student Eli Hiller with us today. Eli graduated from the University of Maryland, is now an incoming D3 student at GSDM. What's up, Eli? How you been? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, so, what's going on with your dental school journey so far? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, still finishing up the second year. Um, our semester doesn't end until July 7th, so technically still a D2 until then. Um, but it's been going good so far. It's nice to hear. So, again, welcome to the podcast. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, you know, where you grew up, where you like to do for fun. All right. Um, so yeah, my name is Eli. Um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, that's where I grew up, like born and raised. Uh, went to University of Maryland College Park for undergrad, like you said. So kind of been in Maryland my whole life until I came to dental school. Um, yeah, I mean, what I like to do for fun, I like to hang out with friends a lot, work out a lot, uh, and work on my YouTube channel, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so I actually found Eli from YouTube. So I mean, he, uh, I just, I just applied to dental schools like last week, and I watched a video of yours, and it was like, what to do after you submit your ASS application? Is that yeah, super popular one? Love that one. I mean, like, it's just you just you just talking about like, just don't worry about it. Just kind of do anything you can besides look at your status update. But like, and uh, applying is a stressful process to say the least, and like. If anybody knows, I do. Like, as someone that didn't hear back on the first day, um, I feel like you kind of, when you don't hear back on the first day, you're kind of like, all right, well, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Even though it's just the first day, like, you start having that feeling of doubt already, especially if you had interviews before that. Right. Um, Yeah, I just, I know how it gets, like, up until until that day, I I was basically pretty sure I was going to get in. Um, so when I, and I was just like, oh, I don't know what's going on yet. And things worked out, but you know, when you're applying, you don't really know that and you don't know if things are going to work out. So it's very stressful to say the least. I know I submitted my stuff. My parents were just like, all right, so you're done. I'm like, no, like not even close. Still got to wait for like another two months, maybe three months, four months, however long it's going to take. So, I mean. But we'll get into all that stuff. So, like, everyone needed, everyone needs some kind of feel for the journey, right? So, like, we want to ask you, um, you know, why did you end up deciding to pursue dentistry? Uh, what kind of inspired you? When did you got to get inspired to start going on this path? Yeah, so um, I've always been, like, an avid sports player growing up and stuff. So when, I, when it came time for me to apply to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But, like, since I was going to be done with sports, I was like, all right, maybe like a team physician or something like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was always set on and like, 
I was like, okay, I got to major in bio- biology and go to med school and right. got action the orthopedic surgery and all that good stuff. So I started like taking the steps towards that, shadowing, volunteering at a, a physical therapy or inpatient hospital type of thing. Right. And after a while, I just sat back. Well, um, during my time as like a pre-med student, I didn't really feel that like passionate about it. Like I was like, oh, being a team physician would be cool because I like sports and I'm pretty good at science. So this is kind of just the way I'm naturally supposed to go. But I definitely never had that true passion for medicine. And I feel like that reflected in my grades and stuff because I just really wasn't that into it. Um, so when I graduated college, I was still pre-med, um, but I started working at NIH, uh, doing like a full-time research position. And when I started getting a little money in my pocket, the first thing I decided was that I wanted to go back and get braces again for the second time. Um, and I would just pay for it myself this time. Uh, so I went back and got braces and, uh, the orthodontist I went to was a black woman. That's actually like the first black healthcare provider I had in my life. Um, and I just like naturally like took an interest towards like my braces journey and stuff. Like it it just kind of naturally happened and it helped like also seeing someone that looked like me in the field, like it, it just became a much more attainable dream. And, and, um, yeah, I decided to switch from pre-med to pre-dent. I went and shadowed, uh, my cousin is actually a dentist and she owns a practice down in Georgia. So. I asked her if I could come shadow, and I think uh, like one of the really beneficial things about my shadowing experience is that I got to see the dentistry side, as the dentistry side as well as the business owner side, as well as like her entire life since I was staying at her house and stuff. Like I got to see what life was like outside of working, and I think like all that stuff kind of definitely solidified my decision to switch. Like seeing the work life balance seeing like the the kind of autonomy you get being a practice owner and stuff like that and then like just a whole bunch of other things but it it like it just made the most sense to me at that time and like i'm 100 percent happy with the decision that i made for sure did you take um a gra- uh, gap year like how many did you take multiple gap years or you just kind of take one and then go for it oh so i graduated college in 2017 in december of 2017 right I didn't start dental school until 2021. So I was working at NIH for a year and a half. And then I did a post-bac program for a year. And then another gap year for like the application cycle. Gotcha. I mean, that's, I mean, we have an whole episode on gap years, but if what is your like advice to people like, not necessarily uh, like wanting a gap year, but like they're, they're afraid that it might like hurt your application or like it might you know, be like a waste of time or something like that. I feel like I'm not the more I listen listen to people, it feels like the, it just benefits you. I feel like that's that's what I was going to say. At this point, a gap year should be almost necessary. I think, um, I think like one without taking that time off, you're going to experience burnout a lot quicker. Um, and I just don't think honestly, like, me personally, I'm glad I took a gap year because at 22 years old when I graduated college, I wasn't like mentally mature enough to handle school. 
And I feel like a lot of 22 year olds aren't like it's, it's way different than college. And it, it's honestly, in my opinion, not necessarily that much harder. It's a matter of how you react to adversity, how well you manage your time. A lot of that stuff plays into how hard you think dental school is. And I think that me starting dental school when I did being a lot, I wasn't even like a lot older, but I started at 25 and like, I just feel like I was a, a lot more ready for it at that point than I would have been at 22. And I saw it firsthand, majority of the people that end up dropping out, taking a leave of absence, repeating a year are the ones that come straight from undergrad. It's just a lot to handle for them. And I don't blame them. Like I would, I a hundred percent would not have been able to do it. And I think that a lot of people benefit from taking a gap year. Right. There's life aspects about it too. Some people like they genuinely are missing out on life. They don't know what it's like. They see all their friends graduating, starting real jobs, making real money. And like in the short term, that looks really good. But like for me, as someone that has been there and experienced that already, I know I'm not missing anything, you know? So it's a whole different perspective as far as life comes as well. And that all of that stuff plays into your dental school experience. Right. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are like in business and consulting and stuff like that. So they're already like, well, I'm a junior now. So, you know, they're all getting jobs, internships, like stuff that I can see them just doing right out of right after they graduate. And like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, damn, it's going to take like another yeah. serious seven years. But like, I work in an office too. Sometimes patients will like ask me like, so like, are you like a student or something? I'm like, yeah. And and, and they would ask like, so when are you going to start like, when are you going to be a dentist? I'm like, six, seven years, eight years. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, damn. But like, but then you got to st- take a step back. And you're like, in your case, you already know like what that feels like. Like yeah. you know what it feels like to work. And like kind of have some free time after you graduate. It's probably really beneficial. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you got that NIH? Uh, was it internship or just like a job? It was a. Uh, it's like a. Uh, I want to say a fellowship. I okay. think it was called. Um, but it was like a. Basically, it's a one-year fellowship. Some some labs do like two years just because they're lazy and don't like the turnover of a new person coming every year. Um, but, um, it's called the NIH post-bag intramural research training assistant. I don't know. It's called post-bag ERTA. I forget what the A stands for, Mm -hmm. but it's essentially for like people that are just graduating that are looking for research experience. Um, most people that do it are either pre-med or going or planning to like start going to school for a PhD. Right. Um, And they're just like getting some more intensive research uh, experience than you really could have gotten in undergrad. Cause like I did research in undergrad, but it was for like half a summer or something like that. Yeah. Um, way different than like what it was at, what it was like at NIH. But, um, in, in, in reality and in retrospect, I probably should have just like graduated and just did a post back like I did after working at NIH for a year and a half. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't take away the experience for anything. I think it was ben- beneficial for me. Uh, maybe not something I necessarily needed, but I did get something out of it regardless. So. Did you end up like publishing a project or did you kind of just... Look- yeah, so so I worked there like the whole year 2018 and half of 2019. And then right. uh, I was working on there actually like just got published maybe like two months ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, right? To do all that stuff. Um, So, you know, you finished working, they take a post back. 
how'd you go about the the application cycle? Because I know when you shadowed your um, was it your cousin at Georgia? When you shadowed her and you kind of wanted decided dentistry is for you. At what point did you start kind of thinking like, all right, so I, I got to get this done, this done, just apply to dental school? Honestly, I started thinking about that as soon as I started my post back. Um, so like I basically switched during that summer right before I started my post back. So I immediately started studying for the DAT. I had taken the MCAT in March of 2019. And then I switched probably in like June and just immediately started studying. Mm-hmm. I bought DAT boot camp because that's what everyone was saying to use. And I just stuck to the the study schedule that was on there and planned to, I was hoping to take my DAT like Labor Day again. So like right when I started my post back kind of thing, but I ended up pushing it back a little bit because school was getting in the way. So I didn't take it till October, but yeah, I took the MCAT and the DAT in the same year, 2019. And most of the stuff like Orgo can like, should have been kind of fresh in your brain, right? From the MCAT or it was a little different? Um, so the MCAT is definitely a different exam, mainly because it's like passage based. Mm. So a lot of this, I felt like the DAT was very straightforward. Either you know it or you don't. Whereas the MCAT, you might know it or you might know like one aspect of it, but like you also have to understand what the passage is saying, what the question is asking you. And there's probably like multiple different things that you have to know to be able to answer one question. So as far as like studying for content went, like things were fresh in my head, kind of like after I took the MCAT, I had no intention of taking the DAT. And like we all know, usually like when you study for an exam, the, the information leaves your brain within the next couple of days. And it was a couple of months before I started studying for the DAT. So, um, it, it wasn't as fresh in my head as I would have liked it to be, but um, I do think like studying for the MCAT prepared me to for like how I'm supposed to study for the DAT and made DAT studying a lot easier for me in that sense. I mean, definitely. I mean, so you took the DAT in October, you get your score right away. Um, did you already have like your personal statement, all this other stuff like <clears throat> ready to go by the time you applied? Um, by the time I applied, yeah, because I waited until um, the next application cycle. So June, 2020, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and in retrospect, like in my post back program, it was, I don't know, I want to say maybe like 60 to 80 of us. I really can't remember, but there were only like 10 or 11 pre-dents. Mm-hmm. So just about all the pre-dents that were in my class were in that application cycle. Like they applied and like did the post back during the application cycle. And in retrospect, like that is what I should have done too, but I didn't really think of that. Mm-hmm. Like even after I took my DAT in October and I was, I was telling my friends, like when yeah. they were like, you should just apply right now. And I was like, eh, it's already October. Like it's kind of late. They were like, nah, you should apply right now. And I honestly probably should have like October is not too late to apply to be quite honest. I know, yeah. I know people that have applied in like November and gotten in. So. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I felt like I had better chances if I waited. And so I waited mm-hmm. and COVID came. So just everything in place. I know COVID happened. So then how did, um you know, what, what, where'd you like kind of think about where to apply at? So you, you live in, you lived in Maryland, right? Or in Baltimore. So 
where did you kind of think about in terms of dental school? Like, where would you apply out? You know, what what gave you the best chance? Yeah, so um, I knew that I wanted to leave Maryland for once. Like, I used to always say, like, if I was mature enough applying to undergrad, I would have left the state for undergrad. Right. But like, I was 17 when I graduated high school. Like, I just, I wasn't ready for that. Um, now I was ready. So I, I knew I wanted to leave, but it would have been dumb for me to not apply to Maryland because of the price. Um, so honestly, I looked at the list of uh, my postback program had like a list of success, like alumni success stories and like where they went. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that list of all the dental schools and I really just picked anyone that like I'd met the cutoff for or heard of before or was like somewhere that I would want to live. So basically the only ones I didn't choose on there were like the ones that were on the West Coast and the ones that were like in like Wisconsin or Nebraska and stuff, like places I've never been or never thought about living. Yeah. And I mean, that same thing went for Boston as well. I only applied to BU because it was on the list and like one of my childhood friends was already going to go to BU because she had applied that year but didn't get in and did the master's program here. So like she basically knew she was going to be in my class if I applied and got in. So she was like, you should apply here. And I did. I mean, it works out. It works out. So I mean, when you applied, so that was like, what you said, June, 2020, then you'd start, but when was like, after that, what happened? So like, what was your. Yeah. So I got my first interview, which was BU. Like, I think my interview was the first week of September. Like I got, invited for an interview really early mm-hmm. um, but I hadn't heard from any other schools until after like that December uh, when the first round of acceptances go out mm-hmm. now didn't hear back from BU when that first round of acceptances went out so that's when I was like starting to panic a little bit because um, I, I thought BU was a lock for sure like I thought I was getting that email at 1201 right. the way my interview went um but, you know, I, I found out at a later time that BU only really accepts like 10 or 15 people on the first day. So most people that thought they were going to BU like me were in the same boat. Right. But yeah, uh, after that, I was kind of like, okay, well, the one school I interviewed at, I didn't hear back from. So what's next? And I... Pretty much for the whole month of January, I was starting to think of what my other options were. Uh, I knew that like my postback program had an option to like finish the masters, and I decided not. I decided that would be my backup plan if I didn't get into dental school, right? Because I didn't want to waste the money. Um, and so like you know, the whole month of January, I'm like, okay, how I'm gonna how am I gonna set that up? Because that's the next step. Because I'm not getting in this cycle. Um, and then like maybe January 25th or so, uh, it's a, it's a crazy story, but I actually like woke up that morning and I submitted a prayer request on like my church's website. And then later that day, like when I was at work, I think I, I came back from lunch and I looked at my email and I had another interview invite. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like all hope isn't lost. Like I have another interview invite. Literally as soon as I respond to that email and schedule the interview, BU calls me and they're like, 
you're like, you should be getting your acceptance within the next couple of days. So while I wanted to be excited, I was like, ah, I mean, I was supposed to get accepted like a month ago. <laughs> so I'm like, I hear you, but I'm going to go on this interview just in case, because, you know, it's, um, but yeah, you know, ended up working out. I got into BU. I still went on the other interview, but I didn't really enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. um, after that, I got more interview advice, but I ended up denying all of them just because the second interview just felt like such a waste of time. And then after that, I put my deposit for BU. So all the other schools, I just was like, no thanks. But I, I was getting interviews all the way up until April. I think my latest interview invite was in April. So they like, when people say like the cycle keeps going, you're like, yeah. they don't say no to you, then there's still a chance. That's facts. Like that's very much facts. I mean, because I guess at that point, like people are like accepting other offers, you know, so like spots might open up, you know, so they want to interview, like real probably like next to the line or something. They don't tell you that probably, but yeah. But I mean, like honestly, I have I have a friend that's now a D four at Maryland, and when he was applying, he interviewed at Maryland in like February and just never. He ended up committing to Howard. Um, he moved to DC and everything and literally like a day before orientation at Howard, Maryland calls him like, we have a spot for you. And then, like I said, he's a D4 in Maryland now. He just left? Yeah, he just left. I mean, like, crazy. he's from Maryland and like, yeah, the way that it ended up working out was like one of his really close friends had just bought a house that's like five minutes walking distance from Maryland Dental School. So. Right. He broke the lease with the apartment that he bought in DC and like got like $500 a month rent down the street from Maryland. So it kind of worked out. Plus like tuition for in-state is like 25 mm -hmm. might be the cheapest dental school in the United States. I don't know, yeah. but probably is like 25 K. I, I know Texas has um, like 30,000, you know, but none of us can get into Texas schools. Or no, no. The out of state's like two. But I applied there, so if y'all hear me, come on. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it didn't bother. When I found out they had a separate application, I was just... Yeah, I mean, they have the TMD, whatever it is, SAS, but, like, they have... You can submit through AdSAS, but... Oh. You can, but, like, I feel like they don't look at those. Like, that's at the... At, you know what I mean? Because they want to in-state. They want an in-state kid. Oh, you had to apply with the... I don't, know, I don't know if that's, like, a recent thing, but... I don't know if they just made that happen, but I'm not sure. But like, I'm curious about how how did the the BU interview go itself? Like, how, how what was the format? Was it was it virtual? Yeah, it was virtual. All the interviews were virtual. COVID, yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was just a casual conversation. I think maybe one question was asked. Maybe maybe two questions were asked. Like, I know they asked like why did I want to come to BU or maybe like why I wanted to be a dentist right wanted to come to BU and like what was the most like relevant experience that I I had like in my journey to uh dentistry kind of those right so did you do like any like interview prep before you went on uh I tried because like my post back program offered like mock interviews and stuff gotcha. um, but like I didn't have enough time. I found I found out about the interview, mm -hmm. like scheduled it for like three or four days later. Um, and like, honestly, my my biggest advice for prepping for interviews is just look over your application. And I mean, like, so that's kind of it. Like, 
I've heard some schools are like crazy with the interviews, specifically University of Florida, in case anyone's applying. <laughs> um, but any other school, like interviews are honestly chill. Like it's a way for the school to get to know you beyond your application. And I, my other biggest piece of advice is to use it as your way to get to know the school. Um, I feel like that's your chance to ask questions, sense of what the faculty is like, get a sense of what kind of education you're going to be getting if you go there. Right. It's important to ask those kind of questions during your interview because if you're faced with the lucky enough problem to have multiple dental school acceptances to choose from, you're going to want to think about how your interview went, what kind of vibe you got from the faculty, what kind of vibe you got from the school. Do you think you're going to get like, you know, your money's worth in education, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely use your interview as your chance to feel out the school and kind of interview the school too. It kind of goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I think some schools, I don't know if they do this, but like they have like closed application. Um, it, I don't know if that's for med schools mainly, or I don't know if dental schools do that, but they don't even look at your application. They just talk. I've to heard that for some dental school. Um, yeah. like, specifically which ones but i know like most of them are going to be open yeah okay so, so i mean just look over your application just kind of no they're, they're so, probably not going to ask you about grades or anything i don't yeah. like they're not they can see your transcript like they don't know they're they're just going to ask you about like the experiences that you put on your ad sass and stuff mm -hmm. like just get a feel who you are and like the stuff you wrote did the school have like a presentation during the interview, like of, of what their school is and stuff, or was it just kind of? Um, well, so my interview cycle was a little different. Um, the way that they did it, which I want to say, like all of these different sessions were just like combined into one interview day back when mm. in person interviews. But we had like one interview, and then they had a separate session when with like the dean of student affairs, and this was like probably a month or two months after my interview. So this was maybe like October, still before you can get in, but um, separate. And they would do like a virtual tour of the school. You get to like have a quick conversation with like the Dean of Student Affairs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and like the Dean of Admissions. And it was just kind of like a open house type of thing, but virtually. Right. But it's, it's specifically for people that have already interviewed. Um, and my school still does that now, but they do that in person. So like they'll have the virtual interview and they'll give you the option to come in person for like that, that open house. Um, and then I remember there being another session that we had, mm -hmm. but I remember what it was, but there were definitely like two supplemental sessions after the actual interview. Gotcha. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I was just wondering what, about the, uh, like now everything's probably like in person besides some virtual, some schools still have virtual interviews. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll find out later. So, I mean, you got your interview, you're accepted. What are you feeling right now? And what are you expecting going into your D1 year, basically? Uh, honestly, after I got the acceptance, like I felt just so much relief. Like yeah. just, I have to worry about whether I was going to dental school or not the next year. Yeah. So I could really tell like my parents and my eggs and stuff. Um, and Honestly, like, I quit my job and I just chilled. Like, I just. What, what were you working as at that moment? I was working as a research assistant at um, University of Maryland School of Medicine. Mm. And uh, I really didn't enjoy the job, but 
It was better than working at Best Buy. Well, better money than working at Best Buy. I enjoyed working at Best Buy, but it was better money than working at Best Buy. And um, I, you know, I thought it would be a helpful stepping stone in case I didn't get into dental school that year, like another resume booster. Right. Um, but yeah, after I got in, I quit my job and just, I was honestly just chilling. Like I just wanted to enjoy my life before starting dental school and I think everyone should do that. Because once you start dental school, your life is <laughs> It's crazy. So, I mean, so, uh, what did you expect when you are D1? You were like, were you kind of like expecting like a really hard transition? Or like, and how was the, tra- how was the transition since you've already gone through it? So, I would say like, I don't really know what I was expecting. Um, I tried to get a feel from it by asking like different D1s, like people from my post-bag program that had went in after um and honestly like you know everyone's like oh yeah get ready like it's super hard um i feel like the transition wasn't as bad because i did a post back and like in my post back we were taking like the georgetown med school classes so like already had an idea of like how rigorous the courses would be and like how to manage my time pretty well i think like that time management is like the most important thing in dental school. Like that's going to, that's basically going to determine how miserable you are, how well you manage your time. Right. Um, and I, I happen to have a really good time management skills and I'm very thankful for that. So my D one year went pretty smoothly, honestly. Like, I mean, I did, I personally didn't think it was like super crazy. Um, I was enjoying myself. What is like the Boston like? What is the GSTM like curriculum like? Is it so you said? Is it with med school students or no? No, it's not. Um, it's just straight dental school. You take class your whole class. Um, the way the curriculum is set up, well, it's like you take uh maybe forty five credits your first year or something like that. Gotcha. Um, basically, all basic science courses and one uh. Like, uh, I guess like two courses in the sim lab, dental anatomy and, uh, general dentistry. Um, I liked that, like you get really early hands-on experience at BU. Like you start in the sim lab at like, like early September, I think is a question. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean like you have sim lab every Thursday, the rest of the days of the week, you have your basic science classes, biochem, physiology, anatomy, um, Second semester, you take stuff like microbio, genet. No, genetics was first semester. Um, there's a whole bunch of different classes, but our schedule is like staggered. So, like, a lot of the classes don't last the whole semester. Like, they'll start maybe like a month after the semester starts. Or like, some that start at the beginning of the semester will end in November. Right. Courses will only be like six weeks of the semester. It's a really weird, like, to explain it to anyone, <laughs> but like, in my opinion, it makes school a little more bearable. Like, it doesn't feel like such a heavy workload all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, a month or like six weeks out of each semester that actually feel like a super heavy workload. Right. So, I mean, so basically, the first whole year of your Dallas school was kind of more like. Is that called didactics? Like, is that what you would so, what, so like? How was 
what was like the first kind of things you guys did like in the sim lab and how did you guys kind of progress throughout your d1 year what did you guys like end up doing project in your d1 year we were doing all like uh fillings type of thing like class one preps class two preps um that's all you're doing in sim lab in the d1 year in my school mm-hmm. I, I have heard of some schools that like First, first year they're doing fix, like they're doing crown press and stuff, which I think is amazing. Like the earlier you start with that's that's the hard stuff. That's what you should be starting with earlier, to be honest. Um, but yeah, first year is like just all like cavity preps pretty much. Right. And um, for dental anatomy, we were doing like wax ups like every school does. Um, yeah. Honestly, my, like my least favorite thing in the world, but you got to do it. Yeah. No one really does wax ups. Well, I won't say that, but a lot of people like you. You do a wax up your first year, and then you never do one again. Right? I think it's just to learn the anatomy of teeth, right, and like kind of the whole thing. So, I mean, how'd you kind of like? Did you find yourself really good at it in the beginning, or no? Like, how oh, no. skill like? <laughs> Not at all. It was definitely a learning. It, it wasn't too bad, but like, I mean, it's it's learning a new skill, and I feel like the important thing to remember is that. Like eight times out of 10, when you start, you're going to think you suck. And you probably do. <laughs> so does everyone else. Like there's nobody in your class that's been a dentist before. There may be a few people in your class that have prepped teeth before, but that's probably because they're repeating D1. So you should compare yourself to them. Um, honestly, like you just got to put in the work and practice and you will get better. But, you know, it's going to be a learning curve for everyone in your class. So if you suck, it's okay. I'm personally glad, like, I decided to vlog my first day in Sim Lab, and, like, I go back and watch that video often because, like, it just reminds me how far I co- I've come, but also, like, my classmates as well because, I like, when we took lunch, I decided to, like, interview people, ask them, like, how it was going, and we all thought we sucked. And, we're, I mean, we all did, but we all got a lot better over the year, so. Yeah, I think I saw that one. And so, like, from, from D1 year, um, what do you guys do? Like, what is the transition between D1 and D2 here? Like, what is like the step up? Are you guys more athletic now at that point? So D2 year at my school, we're way more in the sim lab, um, taking like all your didactic courses, not all of them, but 75% of them are accompanied with the sim lab and like a sim lab course. Right. So we're taking like all the dentistry classes now, prosthodontics, endodontics, all that stuff. And then we're taking those classes in the sim lab as well. Um, you still have like some didactic courses like pharmacology. Uh, what else is there? Pharmacology. There's some other stuff, but I came and really can't remember that well. It's been such a long year, like a ridiculously long year. But um, it's it's a nice transition, I would say. It's. The only hard part about it is again, like now you're learning new skills again, start off pretty trash once again. Um, and you're learning how to balance like studying for school with practicing in the sim lab. Yes. It's definitely like another learning curve. I feel like every year is just like, okay, you, you learn to adjust, you plateau a little bit, you finally like get your groove and then next year up again. Same thing, like, next year, I'm going to start learning how to balance clinic with classes and all that stuff. And then at my school, D3 year, uh, your last exam is, like, the end of April, and then you're done with, like, classes in general, like, a straight clinic. 
But then even then, like now you got to balance clinic with studying for boards and preparing for your licensure exam and all that stuff. So it's just like it's a constant uphill battle in dental school. But, you know, each year you take a step up and you're always ready for the next step. You know, right. That makes sense. I mean, so what do you guys like see deal when they see patients? Is that D3 year? Yeah, D3. So I started seeing patients in August. Oh, shoot. Yeah. It's two months. bro. <laughs> I feel like I just started and now about to see patients. Craziest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to uh, Omid from from Omid from Tufts Dental. I don't know if you know him on Instagram. His name is Handles Doctor Way Baby, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Um, he said that like the deep like there's like big little systems there. Do you guys have that at Boston? So do you guys like absorb patients from the deep the graduating D three students and D fours eventually? Uh, the patients are kind of all the school's patients. So like the school will just reassign the patient, whoever. And then like you st- you do have the freedom of, you know, bringing your friends, like getting them registered so they can come see you specifically. Um, but the school kind of has like a database and they assign the patients as is. So we don't have like the big little thing where like people hand you their patients specifically. Oh, I gotcha. Um, everyone's kind of registered with the school that way patients are like kind of moved around depending on what requirements you might need done so this someone has a patient that needs 10 crowns and they've already done seven they'll probably reassign that patient to someone that needs right in order to graduate the main so yeah but for the most part you do keep your same patients but in that event where someone needs to be shifted around yeah way my school does it I mean, that's cool because you don't have to like compete for like your requirements. That would suck. <laughs> like, that would suck. And it does suck. And that's the reality for a lot of schools. Um, and that's honestly a flaw of the dental school system in itself. But, you know, we pay them so we can make them money and work for free just for. Very yeah, so I mean, <laughs> to, to learn to learn how to do stuff. <laughs> I guess it's like a weird, it's like a really interesting uh aspect of the dental school system i think it's pretty it's pretty interesting yeah i mean so like what are you looking forward to in d3 you're looking forward to to get in patients getting get on to patients i'm most looking forward to being done with classes <laughs> right now right now yeah, yeah um i am pretty excited to start seeing patients um i was just telling someone yesterday i think like my main thing is while i'm excited to start seeing patients i am not excited to do like hygienist work and lab work like i'm excited like the dentist work but like doing like profies and probing and stuff and like doing all the lab work i'm not looking too too forward to that but it's gonna happen either way i mean so how does so how does it work so like do you have to do all of the uh like if you're doing a crown prep or something on a patient eventually do you have to do lab work for that, or do you guys have a lab in school that kind of helps you out and stuff? We have a lab at school, but we we kind of have to do the lab work, and then like, if anything, like we can send the we can send the stuff out to get like the crown mm-hmm. sent back to us. We can also do milling at school. Love um, we have all the stuff at school, but um, honestly, I still haven't had clinic orientation. That's like in a few weeks, so I still don't know all the information regarding that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you still have like orientation in a couple of weeks, but yeah. what are some like things you like about, cause I'm, I'm, I apply to BU 
Um, I, I got some family up there. I really want to kind of go to a school in Boston if possible, private option. So like, what are some kind of things that you, you love about, you know, GSCM that you tell like a pre-dental student applying? Like what, what are some things that you kind of found out and loved about the school? Um, one, the community for sure. Like, um, the students at my school, I think people are very helpful and welcoming. Um, especially like, I mean, your class will kind of depend. Sometimes it can be that way. Sometimes it can't. My Firstly, I love my class. Like everybody in my class, they're all like amazing people. And like probably everyone in my class would say that about my class as well. Um, so that's number one. Number two is definitely like the emphasis that they put on digital dentistry. Mm-hmm. Given that that's the way dentistry is going, that's the future. I like that my school like really emphasizes the use of like optical impressions and cab cam, cab cam and like in-house milling of crowns and stuff like that. Because like, if you're going to be a general dentist in 2025, that's going to be the norm. And so I like that they're not doing things the old school way. Um, And, you know, they, you know, although the tuition costs an arm and a leg, it's going towards something for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, what, 85? I think that's what it is right now. But now it's not. 91? Yeah, it was 85 when I started. Oh, Second shit. year went to 87. Third year is going to be 91. The stats are uh, kind of off now, I guess. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Well, so, so like, what is, like, a, what is your day in life kind of like from, like, 8 to 5? Or, you know, do you have, like, days off? Like, how does the class schedule kind of um, the, so yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's hard to explain to someone because the class schedule literally changes week by week. Mm. Like it, it varies so much, honestly, like if it wasn't for the school populating a Google calendar for us, we wouldn't have a single clue what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I have class like eight, eight, basically 8am every day. Um, and usually will end mm, most of the time around like three sometimes it'll go all the way to five mm. uh, kind of depends like if you have lab that day or not um but yeah usually my days are around like eight to three sometimes i like to kind of do what i want like some of our classes take attendance if they don't i may or may not go it just depends on like what class it is what time it's at like and how it fits into my day. So like if we if we have class eight to ten, and then we have another class ten to twelve, and then another class from one to three, I might go to school like eight to twelve and then just go home, eat lunch at home so I don't have to buy lunch. And then if the one to three class doesn't take attendance, I might just like go to the gym instead while it's not crowded. And then I'll come home and then class will be over and I'll just watch the recording on two X speed, save my time a little bit. And it's just, just works a lot better for me. So, um, it, it just, it differs every day, but I find a way to fit everything that I need to into the day, no matter what. I mean, how do you, so like, where's the time management coming from? Is that just from like your, I feel like your gap years might've helped you there? Or you just always have? Probably the gap years helped me also. Like I'm literally sitting here playing with it right now, but I use a, <laughs> like my planner, I take it everywhere. Like. I literally write everything down that I need to do. Everything goes into 
the calendar, like, or even like the day to day list, like I'll write whatever I need. I'll cross it out when I'm done. I get some type of satisfaction from like crossing that stuff out. But like, this is my, I had most of the week off and I still have all this stuff in my planner, just like everything I have to do, not just school stuff, but like YouTube stuff, the gym, all that stuff. Like I just write it down and when it's done, I cross it out. I mean, so let's talk about YouTube, man. So like, where did that start? Like, why did you think about chronicling your life and just kind of having that on there? Yeah. So, um, when I was in undergrad and I was pre-med, uh, like I said, I was, you know, I feel like it's very easy to lose passion and kind of like lose sight of the angle. So I honestly went on YouTube and I think I typed in like day in the life of a doctor or something. And I was honestly, honestly, I think I was looking for like the lavish stuff, not necessarily the work stuff, but like, you know, something to motivate me. But I ended up finding this doctor, um, Dr. Antonio Webb, and he's an orthopedic he's an orthopedic spine surgeon now but when I found him he was still like in his maybe fourth or fifth year of orthopedic residency um so I was like okay like I found someone that looks like me that's in the specialty that I want to be in right. and I think like during his residency he was work he, like occasionally he would work as like on the team of physicians for the San Antonio Spurs so I was like, okay, he's also doing like the team physician thing, which is what I want to do. So I just started watching his channel like all the time, like whenever I needed some motivation or whatever, I was watching that. Um, and then when I switched to dentistry, I found um, the Future DDS channel. Right. It was like, I felt like their channel was like more so like application tips and DAT tips and kind of like how to get into dental school which I definitely needed at the time, but I was also like, man, like I wish there was like a Dr. Webb that like I could just see their day-to-day -day life in dental school or residency or working as a dentist. And I just didn't find anyone like that. So I was like, I'm just gonna do it myself, I guess. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of always like enjoyed like using a camera, like editing videos. Um, I never really learned like how to do it. I just picked one up and went. Um, but you know, I just decided to do it and honestly I just I don't know. I I don't know, it's just kinda like a regular part of my life now. I don't even really think about it that much. But um, yeah, it, I just kept doing it. I mean that's dope. I think that like people that you know pre-dents that really need some guidance like want to know what life is like in dental school there's nobody else better to learn from people who are going to dental school and like not only are you like kind of developing not only are you like journaling your own life but you're kind of like getting better at like talking to like an audience just kind of reminding yourself what you're doing every single day i feel like that's like a big thing that you're getting from youtube i don't know if that's i'm interested to hear what you say because honestly like it's very <laughs> that i talk to someone that like found me on YouTube or like that watches my YouTube that doesn't know me in like real life. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, you know, of course my friends will tell me like, yo, like, yo, your videos are dope, blah, blah, blah. And then like, of course people will, will like randomly send like an Instagram DM or something and just be like, I watched your video on this. And like, I thought cool or whatever. Uh, like me personally, I'm just like, I don't really, I don't know if I really know like what, what people are looking for when they come to my channel. Like, 
when I started my channel, it was kind of just like the, oh, I'm going to do like this, like how to get into dental school with a low GPA thing. And then I'm like, okay, so I see the theme around my channel is like, you know, the hope or like, you know, getting into dental school when you think you might not or something. But like, as far as like the vlogs go, like, I don't, I guess I don't really know what people get out of it. I don't know. People like vlogs in general, but like specifically pre-dense, like, I don't know if they just like want to see what it's like at school or I don't know, want some random entertainment. I don't really know. I mean, like, it's, I guess it just depends like what stage everyone's at. So like, you know, me, I was, I just applied. I think I watched you a couple of times before, before I said my DAT, I watched that DAT video you put. Mm. I watched like twice actually, because I was just like, I don't I think I did you so it's honestly like when you mentioned the video it was like after the because <laughs> it's probably a while ago it must have been like two years ago a year ago yeah like with the fish tank in the back yeah yeah that's that's what it was yeah fish tank yeah i remember that but uh, i mean yeah at that point i was out i was taking my det like about to take it so i was watching hella just like det yeah. just kind of make myself feel better about taking the test it's kind of what we don't go, go to youtube for um you can pretty much go to youtube just like find some like parallels so like if you do a day in life video it's kind of like we're there you know what i mean yeah. like taking us so and we, we want to see like what every school is like so we're trying to find as many different dental students that are doing youtube as possible at different dental schools so that's kind of what i'm getting from it but like how do you like boston because i mean you never lived there before how do you love the city i actually never like i've never stepped in boston until after i yeah i, I was coming here for school <laughs> um i I enjoy things about it. Um, I definitely enjoy the change of scenery. I enjoy living in a city, like somewhere that I feel like I can, I literally don't need a car. Like I sold my car. Um, somewhere I can just like get up and walk around places, take tr public transportation, like living in a new city and like just seeing new things. Like that's a very, I felt like that was a very valuable experience that I got from moving for dental school. Um, I, I personally think like, it's not as fun as like home was like, especially being as close to DC, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not here for fun. So that's all the better for me. You know, the less distractions, the better. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I do like that. It's not too far from home. The flight is less than an hour. When I used to have my car, like the drive was like six and a half hours, but I, I would take that drive by myself and like, it's fine. Um, but overall, like I, I definitely enjoy being here. I definitely don't plan on being here longer than I have to though. Yeah. And it, the worst part is definitely the weather. And when I say that, I don't mean like the snow. I think I expected more snow, but I think the worst part is like the weather. It just stays cold for so long like it's june and some days the high is in the 60s and i'm like like where's summer <laughs> I, I i can do the winters where it's 10 degrees outside like it's not that but it's just winter doesn't have to be october to may that's the yeah. <laughs> i just feel like this year though it's been kind of crappy like the weather it's still kind of chilly here it's been like 70s yeah i don't know maybe it's like a worldwide thing but Last thing I want to cover, you play sports, right? You said you play sports? Yeah. You play did you play in high school? Yeah, I played basketball all four years of high school. I played lacrosse for a year. Um, before I started high school, I was like really big into football too, but I got injured playing football and it stopped me from playing basketball and I liked basketball mm -hmm. more, so I gave up on football after that. 
Yeah, and if I come up to Boston, we gotta we gotta go somewhere. I don't know where the where the courts are at. But I played I played all four years in high school too, and I still play now. So yeah, I, st- I still play around. Like I played all in college. Like a lot of my high school teammates, I went to college with. So like we started an intramural team there, won intramurals three years in a row. Nice. Um, I came here and like one of the he just graduated, but he's two classes ahead of me. So like my D one year and this year, like he had already had like the intramural team going here. Yeah. And so I just joined them and like we would play in the intramurals with the undergrad. Well, it's like all the schools. So like there's undergrad, there's law students, med students, there's us. But like we put together like a dental school team. So now that he's gone, I think that might <laughs> die out because I'm not taking over it. <laughs> so, I mean, so yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps it up. Do you have any like last minute advice for, you know, pre-dentals in that application cycle? kind of stressed out just wondering what to do right now man if you're in the application cycle right now literally just take it day by day but like there is literally no point in stressing if your application is in already just let it just let it be let it be in let schools take a look at it they will find you honestly like you never know you really never know it doesn't matter what your grades are, what your DHC, I mean, yes, it matters, but you know, you don't have to be a 4.0 student with a 25 DAT or whatever. Like, as long as you meet around the averages, everything else matters a lot more. The G, the GPA and the DAT are kind of just like boxes you have to check. But if you're a, a decent person and you did a good job portraying that on your application, I'm sure that there are schools that are going to be in touch. So just be calm, let it be. And then in the misfortune event that maybe you don't get into any dental schools this year, the number one most important thing is contact schools and find out what you can improve about your application. There's so many people that DM me that are like, okay, I'm thinking about reapplying. What do you think I should do? I can't answer that question for you. The admissions office can Put them and ask them, what do I need to improve? I can't tell you if you need to take your, if you need to retake your DAT. I don't know what your school is looking for. I ask them what you need to improve, work on making those improvements and apply again. And that's it. But that's not something to worry about right now. Right now, just hope you get a call for an interview. And when you go on those interviews, just be yourself. That's the main thing. Be yourself. Be your best self. That's what I always say. Don't put on a front. Don't try to be someone you're not. Just be the best version of you. If the school likes you, you're going to get in. If they don't like you, you probably didn't want to be there anyway. That's good advice, man. So I appreciate you coming on. It was a fun time talking to you, meeting you too. And, uh, you know, if I come up to Boston, probably this summer, try to give me a tour of the school. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I definitely, I've, I've been giving tours. Like, just hit me up and uh to me because I'll probably be here. And I'm in school until July 7th, and D3 starts July 24th, so I'll be around. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem.